Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to the Expert Ownership Podcast. This is David. I've got Jason here. We're at our studio in Charlotte, North Carolina, and today we're going to talk about four keys to harnessing ambition. Now, let me just say, as entrepreneurs, as workplace Christians, we've got a lot of ambition, and that is a very, very good thing. But the problem is, is when ambition jumps out front and takes the lead, we can't do that. that that's what that's the world's way, right? When it says in Scripture, we are not of the world, but we're in the world. Well, of the world's system is ambition leads. It's like, I've got something I want to accomplish. I want to achieve. It's all about me. I want to satisfy my dreams and all these other things. And we just go out and we do it. While those dreams and a lot of those needs are good things, we don't lead with ambition. We lead, we let the Spirit of God lead us. And so if you think about driving a car, uh, ambition is supposed to be in the passenger seat, not in the driver's seat. Ambition is a terrible leader, but an amazing follower. Great co-pilot. So how do we <laughs> harness that and use it for God's glory? Hustle culture is so exhausting. It is It is exhausting. So Jason, jump in, bring the I mean, structure. We all hustle as entrepreneurs, and we need to hustle. I'm talking about the state of mind and the state of being where you're constant hustle, 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 hustle. Like you can't rest and relax. I mean, just think about God. He showed us in the seven days of creation how he could have easily snapped his finger and all of creation could have taken place at one in during one day. That's it. But he decided, I'm going to go to do day one. At the end of day one, I'm going to rest. Yeah, I'm going to relax. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to say, oh, that's good. Yeah. Even though it's one sixth of the way done. It's important. You know, day two, day three. So he does it in a process. He learns how to relax. He doesn't learn. He shows us how to relax. God rests. And so what we want to do is we want to find rest as we do our work. And, and, and even if the, you know, when we think about for every uh, natural truth or, or spiritual truth, there's a natural manifestation. Yeah. Just think of the way God created things like an acorn and it goes into the ground. Some people say acorn. Acorn. It dies. And then over a period of time, it grows into an oak tree. It's the same thing with flowers. It's the same thing with crops and plants. And I mean, everything, Yeah. even our bodies, we don't, we're not born and then automatically hit the air and boom, we become adults. It's just over a period of time. Yeah, it's a process. And it's the same way with business, especially when we're talking about harnessing our ambition. We need time. And David and I are crazy entrepreneurs. We're always thinking about ways to start new things, push, push things forward. And so this is something that's actually very real and dear to us that we have to try we have to actually work at being more patient. We have to work at harnessing our ambition. And so this comes from a, um, a position inside of us that's very deep. Like we've had to work through this and in our own life. And we'll share this with you in just a little bit on how we allowed ambition to jump in the driver's seat. And it cost us over a million dollars. We'll share that. But let me just, I want to start out with a, with a verse. It's in James 5. And James was encouraging believers that the oppressors that were over them, which at this point there was class society. I mean, it was just crazy. And the rich way oppressed the poor. And so James is telling these, these believers, he's like, 
he says this in verse 7 of James chapter 5. He says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Like, hey, I want you to look forward to when God comes because things are going to be put back together. And then he says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains? Now, just stop right there. Is that all the farmer did? No. Patiently waited? No, no, no. What did he do? He hustled. Yeah, he had to plow. He <laughs> yeah. had to plant. He plowed and planted. But then what's he do? He has to wait. It's so, so we have a responsibility to be faithful right where we are. And then James tells him in verse 8, he says, you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. And so he just stops right there. And that's where we're going to jump in and talk about harnessing ambition. So the cool thing is, is that we plow and plant, but then we have to stop and let God provide. Boom. You three like P's. That? I got the three P's right there. Oh, I did not prepare that. Ooh, Ooh another, another P. So bad. Let's eat a pretzel. Okay, stop. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So here's the principle. Um, you need to wait for the Lord. That was another P. So here, here's, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. But that, so we're talking about harnessing ambition. How do you do that? You wait for the Lord. There's two facets of waiting. There's the state of waiting and the service of waiting. The state of waiting is, is your mindset. It's like, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to focus on God. I'm not going to reach beyond what my grasp is. You know, I'm not going to sit there and try to kick doors in. The state of waiting is contentment right where you are. It's where God was on the second day of creation. He didn't immediately jump into the third day, right? He he sat back and said, oh, okay, that looks good. That's, that's exactly what I wanted. Now I'm going to wait until tomorrow to do the rest. You know, what we talk about is oftentimes we want to be right in the sweet spot for our lives, right? Which is the, the intersection of your passion and your proficiencies. What are you excited about and what are you good at? If you can get there, then that's your sweet spot in life. Well, the key is that most of us, especially younger people, don't reach the sweet spot very quick. And even older people never even reach the sweet spot. But what we're doing is we're kind of advancing toward the sweet spot for our life, like the lane, the purpose for which God created you to be right there. You're good at it. You're passionate about it. You develop skill sets and you know, I'm good at this. I love doing this, right? That's your sweet spot. So what we say in regards to waiting and the service or, or the state of waiting, this is your mindset. In route to your sweet spot, make your current spot sweet through contentment. That's right. So you might be working like me. This is David. I was a janitor before I became a real estate investor. And I had to, I knew I was reading these books and I was taking, you know, all this training and like devouring every resource I could about how to be a real estate investor and all the time freedom and the location freedom and the financial freedom that would provide me. But I had to make my current spot as a janitor sweet. In other words, I didn't cut corners. I had to be content to do a good job, be faithful in the little things, and eventually God would make me faithful. That's where the service of waiting comes in. So the state of waiting is your mindset. It's patience. Okay, it's contentment. The service of waiting is be faithful right where you are and serve those around you. So you've got the state of waiting and the service of waiting. So if we're going to wait for the Lord, that's how we harness our ambition. Now, we're going to get into the four principles in just a second, but... There's a difference between God's yes and God's go. Okay. Typically, um, you'll, you'll find that when you're praying to the Lord about something that you want or a place that you want to go or something for your business, something for your family, and you feel as though God has said yes to it, I would still pause and wait for him to say go to it. There's a period of waiting in between yes and go where God makes you into the person who can handle what he just said yes to. David and I saw this. 2008, we knew it was time for us to move our office, our real estate office out of one location and move it to another location. We found a piece of property that was in a wetlands 
but it had enough in the in the in the good section to where we could just build that up with a retaining wall. And we found this piece of property. It was vacant land. And we're like, oh, I love this. God, can we get this? Is this the place for us? And we really both felt good about it. Like, yes, this is God's place for us. But we didn't hear his go because we had made a commitment that David and I moving forward for our business, we wouldn't go in debt anymore. And we didn't have the money. So God said yes to it, but he hadn't said go because he didn't provide the money um, for that particular situation. Now, we decided that we would go ahead and move forward on it. So we borrowed the money that went directly against what the Lord had already convicted us about um, for our business. We borrowed the money. We ended up hiring the lowest bidder who built a retaining wall and built us our office. And a year later, we moved into the building. Two months after that, that 40-foot retaining wall fell down. Now, fortunately, there was enough of our building on flat land to where it didn't collapse either. But over the next 10 months, it took me and David... One million and sixty dollars, one million no one million sixty thousand to rebuild that wall, and we had to pay cash for it, and it was tough. It's like all the money we were making, we were just spending it on building this wall. And David, that's when we learned this principle. That's when David and I learned this principle. God had said yes to that place, but He didn't say go. If we would have waited one year to buy that land. We could have bought the land for about half of what we bought it for, and we could have bought it for cash and built the building cash, but we didn't do that. So we jumped out there, and ambition jumped out of the passenger seat into the driver's seat, and we paid dearly for it. But God, of course, he, as he always does, Romans eight twenty eight, he works all things for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. He turned that investment around. We still own the building. It's by far the best investment we've ever made. So yeah. thank God we learned our lesson. And then the Lord blessed us even in the midst of it. But we legit got to see what it was like, at least a little bit, for what the walls of Jericho may have sounded like when they fell. Oh, it was horrible. It was like an earthquake. All of us were in the building, and the and the building literally started shaking. You heard this boom, because it was all the hydrostatic pressure from the water that was getting behind those world blocks that it was built with, and the, the gridding that's supposed to be in there wasn't installed right and so the wall literally blew out and all those rocks just blew out and man it was crazy and uh and so anyways but let me give you here's the process for what david and i learned during that time here's the process that we've learned on how to harness ambition as an entrepreneur so before i give you the process let me get a few nod of the heads if you are an ambitious person nod your head yes So I'm sure that most all of you are nodding your head yes right now. Okay. If you also know that ambition in the past has gotten you in maybe a little bit of trouble at times, nod your head yes. Mm. That's probably most of you because we're talking to entrepreneurs here. Ouch. Okay. So here's a process, a four-step process on how you're going to harness ambition. Okay. Process. Step number one, receive God's yes. Okay. This is the birth of the dream or the vision or the thing. This was me and David. Okay, Lord, do you want us to move our building? Yes. Okay, so we started looking for, you know, we started looking for space. And how we knew that, obviously, was because we were running out of space. I mean, it was pretty simple. I mean, it's not rocket science. But at the same time, it's like, can we utilize the existing space we have? Can we maximize utilization? Can we uh, bring in another, uh, you know, do we create a second location and keep the first? You know, so some of those details, just ask the Lord. And he'll give you wisdom. And God speaks. I mean, he speaks through people. He speaks through the Bible. He speaks through your own prayer time and listening prayer. And he speaks through circumstance. So the circumstance for us was we were paying a lot of money for rent and it didn't make sense anymore. 
So we're like, let's build our own building. God, should we do that? Yeah. Okay, for sure. Okay, well, that leads to step number two. Step number two is make preparations. It's during this time where you start moving forward toward it, but you're not jumping in hands and feet like everything that you've got. You're not jumping in the deep end. Well, you know, you think about King David. He, the Lord, I mean, he wanted to build the temple and he wanted to do it now. But the Lord gave him the yes, but did not give him the go. And so David decided, okay, I've got God's yes. He said, this is a good thing. But because I'm a man of bloodshed, my son is going to be the one to actually get the go on this. So what did David do? He made preparations. Yes. This is, we're following a biblical pattern here. This is David and me when we, um, when God basically spoke to us and was like, okay, let's, let's get you into a new building. David and I started making preparations. We started researching. We started driving around looking for places. Okay. Saving money. So that's step number two is make preparations. So first receive God's yes. It's like, okay, God is now pointing you in a new direction. Okay. Now step number two, start making preparations. Okay. But don't let ambition jump into the driver's seat. Okay. Cause this is where step number three comes. Wait for the assignment. Okay, so God has said yes to it. You're making preparations. Now you wait for the assignment, which is basically another way of saying, wait for the door to open. You do not have to kick the door in. Okay, and while you're waiting, this is where you're also dying to it. Remember, where does life come? Life comes through death. That's a scriptural principle. The acorn falls to the ground. It dies, and then it becomes a mighty oak tree. Right. So this step number three, where you're waiting for the assignment, you're like, okay, I'm making preparations. I'm moving this direction. But God, if you don't ultimately want me to go this direction, then just pivot me. I'm not going to reach out and grab it. So David and I did not wait for the assignment. The minute we found that piece of property, we instantly jumped into strategy mode rather than spirit mode. Spirit mode would have said, okay, so this is the property we want. It was like 600,000 for the, for the land, 585,000. And we knew we didn't have the money for that. And we knew that probably about a year before the Lord had told me and David, okay, you went into debt to begin your business. You got the, all that stuff paid off. Now don't go into debt for your business anymore. And so we're like, okay. And we had agreed to that. And so we lasted about a year until we found this property. And now it was 585000 in 2008 before the real estate market crashed. And we instantly went into strategy mode and said, we could get a loan. We know the people at FNM Bank. We'll go get ourselves a loan. And before we knew it, David and I had applied for a loan and gotten approved for it. So what I see in the spirit now that I didn't see back then was God basically just backed up and said, okay, I'm going to let you boys do this on your own. <laughs> so as you, as you know the story, we, we ended up paying, I guess, a total with the building and everything, $1.4 million to get it done. And then the wall falls and it costs us an extra million. Okay. Now if we would have waited, if we would have stopped and just waited to not buy that thing and say, okay, Lord, if you want to pay for this thing, if you want us to have this thing, then you're going to pay for it. If we would have waited six months, the real estate market crashed. Okay. And that the price of the property would have been cut in half. We could have paid at that point, six months later, we could have paid the 300 K for that land and waited a little bit longer and paid the 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 you know million 1.1 million okay. for the building in cash. We could have done that. But we didn't. We didn't wait for the door to open. We actually kicked it open because we were ambitious. Now of course hindsight's always 2020. So if you're sitting there right now thinking about man, I've made some crazy investments and they've went south and all yeah. that or I started a business and it didn't work out. Well then I just missed the Lord. No, not necessarily. What we're saying here is we actually had a check in our heart. 
we had made a commitment. We had already gone into debt to do a bunch of real estate investments and all these other things, but we just knew in our heart, we were not supposed to go into business debt at this point in our lives. And yet we stopped and we, we blew through God's check. Mm-hmm. That is what we're talking about. Here. So God gives you different checks. He gives different checks for different people. I would never be the guy that says in your business, never go into debt. Now I'm not going to tell you that. Dave Ramsey will tell you, don't ever go into debt, but I'm not going to tell you that because I think yeah. that if you're if you're borrowing to to uh, produce and you're doing it conservatively, I think it, you could do really well with borrowing it. to consume is where you get hurt big time. Okay, so let me let me give you the steps real quick. So you number one, receive God's yes. Number two, make preparations. Number three, wait for the assignment, which means you're waiting for the door to open. And number four is receive the assignment. Okay, this is where the door actually opens and you can unlock your ambition. It still stays in the driver's seat, but you can actually unlock it and let it do what it does. Because when, when you know you've waited, you've been patient and you know exactly what you're supposed to do. And now the door opens automatically. You run, you run, you go really hard toward the thing. I I love, I, I love our relationship with, um, Eric Beck. I mean, he's on, he's on our podcast all the time. We're strategic business partners with him. And he started um, last year his own company called Founders Fire. Now, you know, Founders Fire was burning in him for a long time. And he did exactly this four-step process. Now, he, he didn't know it worked like that. But as I'm looking at it, God told him about Founders Fire years ago. And all this time, he's been making preparations. Then he meets me and David. And we basically realized, you know what, Eric? He needs to start his own coaching company on his own. And we kind of breathed that and spoke that into him. And for him, when the time worked out with him partnering with expert ownership, that was the open door. That was the God has now given him the assignment. Step four, he received it and boom, he went for it. And now he's our coach. Yes. Amazing. But just the beauty is, is that he, David and I showed you how not to do it. Eric shows you how to do it. And because Eric waited now Founders Fire is growing like wildfire. That's right. It's it's growing so crazy. So, But I think the Lord would just tell each of us, look, uh, ambition is a great, great follower. It's a great co-pilot. Do not let it drive. Harness the ambition. And when you do, then you will find that you'll have the grace to handle the place where you are because you didn't kick the door open to get there. All right. Give us the four steps again, four principles, the four keys. Receive God's Yes make preparations, wait for the assignment, and then receive the assignment. And when you receive the assignment, run. Okay. Own it or loan it. Own it means you'll keep it. It's good. Loan it means, eh, I don't need it. Polarized sunglasses. Yeah, you got to own that sucker. Why? Dude, because if you're they're at the twice, beach, three times the cost. It doesn't matter. Your eyes, are your eyes not valuable enough? I mean, yeah, just think what, about what's the value. Pol- what's polar? What, what is all of What's it do? It, it knocks down the reflection of water. Okay. So when it rains... Oh, and that rain is on the windshield. And when, so when you're at the, when beach, you're at the beach, yeah, dude, that's a dumb own it or loan it. You well, should have come you, up with you something come better up with something next time. Oh, dude, I came up with the podcast content. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, subscribe, rate, review, send this to some friends. Hopefully they'll enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, let's keep bringing the kingdom and always choose impact over income. But if you can get both, that's better. We'll see you guys. Bless you. Peace. I've been